Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life. And the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. And today, I'm going to do it solo so I don't have any guests. It's just me and you and the mic and some ideas and some things that are percolating in my mind. I am going to do a little three-part series on the good, bad, and the ugly of my latest purchase. Anytime I do one of these, it's always pretty good insight. It's crazy when you're under contract, you think, oh yeah, we just closed on a deal. But what they never tell you is all the things that happen along the way. And it's the road to closing a deal. I'm telling you by far is one of the craziest stories that I ever get to tell because everyone's always different. There's always like, where's Waldo? There's Waldo in every episode, I think, and every deal that we've closed where you're like, wasn't expecting that because Waldo shows up in the weirdest places, I swear. But there's also some really good things that come up out of it. So I'm excited to go into this deal and talk about it. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. Hey, this is Shelly Peterson, Corey's better half. My husband shares amazing stories of the good, bad, and ugly of apartment investing. And while many of you want to do this yourselves, we have found that a lot of you would like to invest alongside with us. If that is you, I want to invite you to get on a short webinar where we discuss our deal room and how you can be a part of our private investor club. Go to kahunainvestments.com forward slash webinar and register now. You won't be disappointed. Again, go to kahunainvestments.com forward slash webinar and we look forward to sharing our private deal room with you. All right, guys, I'm back. It's just me and you. And by the way, If you are not one of our investors, you should be, by the way, we're in buying mode again, and we've got some new projects coming that you will want to be part of. And so we are now looking at some areas in the Texas State University, San Marcos, Texas, close to San Antonio. And why? Because we like D1 schools. We like these bigger, larger schools that have lots of tenants, that have lots of places for investors to come into our deals. And the investors like that because there's a lot of stability in the larger market schools. And so we are really enjoying the fruits of our labor. It really has been an educational piece. I think this is now our eighth or ninth student housing project. I didn't really mean to get all that involved in the student housing side, but we found that it's really not a bad business once you understand the market cycle and the markets that you want to be in. So in the beginning, we used to go into smaller markets. And actually, the deal that I'm going to talk about is one of those little bit smaller markets. And normally, we would probably not do the deal. So let's talk about The Hill. The Hill is in Columbus, Georgia, 238 beds. I'm probably saying this right now, so I'm doing it all by memory. can't remember how many doors, but really nice student housing project built two phases. Half of it was built in 1974-ish, I believe. And then they did another tranche in the roughly 2000s. So one half is kind of old and the other half is not so old. But what's really unique, and this was 
The first time that I've ever done it, I bought this property from an auction website. And so how did that happen? First of all, I want to kind of go back and like, I have been for the last year and a half, I have not been on the go. I've been not been on the gas. We've come through, I think, hell and back. And I think every syndicator right now has had issues and we've had some as well. We've not lost anything and we're not on the verge of losing anything, but there was a time where it was definitely concerning when you have all these bridge notes, because I was doing bridge notes like everybody else with value add components built in. The good news is that we are almost out of all our bridge notes. I have two more bridge notes left. One I'm getting out of next month. And the other one I have until October of 2024 to kind of fix it and make it whole. And we are on our way to do that one as well. So I feel like I'm in a really blessed spot, but we were able to get out of three other bridge notes relatively, I mean, beautifully, actually. I couldn't ask for a better setup. The good news about getting out of a bridge early with these rate locks, these rate caps that I have, is that those rate caps are still paying. And that's a beautiful thing. Anyways, it's been a journey. So in that journey, I've been looking for deals and there's just none that made very much sense. But I felt like 2024 was kind of the timing. I feel like things are starting to change. We've signaled, at least the Fed has signaled, that the rates are not going to go up anymore. And so there's a little bit of like going on out there. And with that, I think there's an opportunity before the rates really start going down and the market comes back to it, pick up some decent deals. So in that setup, you're always got to be willing to turn over rocks and what I'll really say is open emails. I get emails all the time, all the time. Look at this deal. Look at this deal. Look at this deal. I don't ever really answer a deal unless someone's called me. I mean, broker relationships are about 95%, maybe 98% of how I find deals. In other words, if someone's not texting me or calling me directly about a deal, Corey probably looking at. Now, maybe I should rethink that, but listen, I've trained myself where all I have to do is between two or three good deals a year, and that's it, right? Like, and honestly, if I only did one good deal, I'm happy with that too. So I am not in a space where I have to or need to or any of those things. And by the way, that's a great place to be when you don't have to be pushed. You don't have to do deals to get that acquisition fee so you can run your operations. So you've got enough deals and we do have enough deals that it, it pays our bills, right? And it allows us to have a machine. And the one thing we did this year that I'm very proud of is that we took property management in-house. And I said I would never do it. If you look at some of my earlier episodes on this podcast, you'll see there's times where I was like, don't ever do it. Don't do it. And here I am doing it. Now, what I didn't know then, though, was how much I would enjoy it, how much I would enjoy being the shepherd of my people and leading them and guiding them and encouraging them. And I found that it was a new love language that I didn't really knew existed. And so I've cherished that opportunity to help people grow because I am an entrepreneur at heart and I love to see people win. I love to see people get it, want it, have that capacity to do it. When you start seeing them go in that right direction, that you can edify them and show them that you are a servant leader. 
and that you help people. It's not about me. It's about my people. If I help them win, I win as well. And so that's been a great little journey in this business that um, was a gift, right? So looking at deals, opening up deals, trying to get those calls. There really not a whole lot of great calls lately or just broker calls. And I just was so happening to look at my emails and I saw this thing, the hill. But the subject line said like bank owned or receivership. And normally I don't look at that, but then I saw the address and it said Columbus, Georgia. I was like, wait a second. I have a property in Columbus, Georgia. So I looked at the deal and I just briefly looked at the deal and I move on. Right. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's a good time. So I keep going, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then I get the call. <laughs> and the broker that was brokering this deal that for the auction site had called my property and then found my name. They got my information and he called me and he said, Hey, Corey, I've been sending you these emails. You've been getting it. I was like, well, you know, I've really not. Hold on. And then I was like, okay, send me the information. Just send me the information. I'll take a look at it. Well, he sends me the information, T12, rent roll, OM for the property. And I was like, oh my God, this is not just in Columbus, Georgia. This is right behind a property, an asset that I've already owned in the marketplace for five years. Hmm. Now I'm interested. Now I'm paying attention. Now I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. So it's time to go to Excel wizardry, right? So and by the way, this is not my favorite skill set, but I can do it when I need to is underwrite. And by the way, our underwriting tool, like we're getting ready to have and coming up, I'm not ready to share it yet, but it's going to be April, I think 15th through the 18th or something like that. Apartments to millions. But our cash flow calculator is so cool right now. It's got a feature where you can load in a previous T12 and like get all the sparks set up so you can't really make a mistake. It is so wicked awesome. So do that, kind of get going on the deal, getting the numbers right, understanding it. I'm like, oh, interesting. This is a pretty good deal. Now, I'm asking the broker for some pricing guidance, like I always do. And he's like, well, just depends on how many people are going to come in the deal. Right now, we have like, I don't think six or seven verified that have went through and verified their proof of funds or whatever they need to be able to bid. To a certain level, right? Okay. So I'm going through it and I'm looking at it and I'm just like, hey, this seems to start, this is making sense. And now I'm like, I'm I'm really interested. So at the end of the day, I found this deal and unwrote it with like four weeks before it's going to go to auction. So I've got four weeks to really look at it. And they give me a lot of good data. So they're not allowing me to do a to go on site really, even though we did, because we've already been on site on we've already looked at that property. So I already had kind of, I felt like uh, I already had a head start on a lot of the other bidders that were already in that market. Because I'm in that market. I know what's going on. And our property there that's at um, University Crossings is usually 90, 95% occupied and has been almost every year. And so the problem with the one property that I had over there was too small. And so by having this one right next to us, I was like, dude, I could probably even leverage some of my staff and make everything work really, really well. So now I'm super interested and, but I just, I'm like, well, at this point, you got to figure out what your max bid is. Now you're also playing a little bit of cat and mouse because the broker's like, well, what do you think you're going to bid? And I'm just like, I don't know, as little as possible. (laughs) 
And why do you have to do that? Because, I mean, they inform the marketplace. So anything you say can and will be used against you. So you have to be a little careful. And I'm playing a little bit of ball and I don't want to give up my hand. So now I got to find out how do you bid something at an auction? Like, what do you got to do? Well, there's some steps. So the first step is you've got to register, do that. Then you got to upload a proof of funds or your, you've got to show funds on hand, total funds to be able to bid to your max limit. So that took a minute to go figure out and find out how to get to seven and a half million, which was what I was trying to get to. And that's what I was able to figure that out, submitted all the docs. And really whatever you send is that's your max bid limit. So I'm like, all right, got that set up, felt good. Then I look at some of the requirements. So in other words, if I win the bid, what happens next? And so there was basically a 10% within 48 hours of winning the bid, you have to put earnest money. So at $7.5 million bid, that's almost $750,000 or whatever, 10% that needs to be wired within 48 hours. Ooh. All right. So I got to make sure now I'm like, okay, if I win this, I got to make sure that I'm set up. So I'm already calling some of my investors and be like, hey, listen, we're making deals, right? Here's what I need. If I call you, I'm going to need, you know, and I found like, I think four guys to give me $200,000 a piece. And this is the beauty about raising money. And when you've been doing it a long time, that these types of investors are out there that would let the fund your earnest money. Doesn't mean they're going to keep their money in the deal, but they just want to be a piece of it, right? And they want to get, some of it. So there's lots of ways to cut people in deals. Normally, your earnest money is a couple hundred grand, not a big deal, right? Give people a little nick and a decent interest rate, they'll come in the deal for you. But this one, I was like, dude, I don't want to do that on every deal. I, I got to make it work. And so we anyways, found the right recipe. Four guys come in, 200 grand a piece, and basically that they funded the deal. Or basically, so I, oh, I got to tell you about how I won the deal, okay? But I secured the capital that I knew that I was going to need. I'm like, bingo, good. And I also looked at my contract and saw that there was an extension. You had to close. So if you won the contract in 30 days, you had to close. I'm like, whoo, that's another, uh-oh, because I've got enough money. I still got to get bank financing. So in the span of the three or four weeks before I go bid on this property, not only am I Make sure I get all this stuff done. I got to be working the lender angle immediately. Hey, would you like to learn more about Kahuna Investments in our deal room? Let's do virtual coffee. Book a 15-minute call with us so we can learn more about your investment goals and how Kahuna Investments can help. Go to kahunainvestments.com forward slash coffee to book your call today. Again, that's kahunainvestments.com forward slash coffee. Let's have some virtual coffee and get to know one another. Now, they allowed you for a 30-day extension as well. And I was like, okay, so... Really, I had 60 days to close this property. And I've never done a deal like that. I mean, I'm usually slow. I always do it, but I'm usually slow, right? I'm a slow because I'm a syndicator. I have to raise money. I got to put together a pitch deck and all this stuff. So now we are in like ludicrous speed with my team of let's get the pitch deck. Let's like, we're making stuff before this thing goes to auction. We almost have everything ready and designed, ready to go, which was, I got to give a shout out to my team. They're amazing, right? My marketing team, uh, my graphic designer, Akiko, man, she is magic. And she knows how to put together our pitch deck and all the pieces that go into it. And she's good at it. 
It's going to give her the images and all that stuff. So we like, I was like, hey, listen, broker, I got to have images of the property. Can you give me the raw images, right? The high def one. Boom, got that. So we're working everything and working all our angles. So now we're good. We're good. And so I'm like, all right, so here we go. On the day of the auction, I'm actually at a fundraising event and I'm working as doing like, we're building this thing called Rock the Cons for Kids for my Chandler Compadres group that I'm in. And I'm in a big warehouse. We're setting up for this huge concert, right? It's a, like a five days to set up this concert where we raise almost a million and a half dollars for charity. And I'm on the setup crew, but that day I'm like, listen, I can't do anything, right? And in fact, I'm in my truck with my laptop open, connected to my phone, and I'm bidding, right? Here comes the bids. And so you have opening bid. And so I just go ahead and I start taking the lead in the bidding process. So there's like every 10 minutes or 20 minutes or something like that, it just goes. So it's usually like a two-hour open bidding process. In my own case, that's two hours. And then it starts to cycle down. So I bid, and all of a sudden, another guy bids. Oh, all right, I bid over him, right? Then I'm like, you know, and then out of the blue, like, you're not the highest bid, so you got to bid again. And I'm doing this, and I'm watching it go back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, oh, my God, when is it going to stop? And then I'm like, going back to my laurels, I was like, Corey, no matter what, do not get caught in I can't overpay right? I knew what my ceiling was, and it was at like $7.5 million. I'm telling myself internally, you are not going to bid over 7.5. And at this point, I know that it's true. Like I emotionally detached myself from the bidding process. And I was like, I'll do that, right? But I'm also not trying to bid too much over anybody, right? In the beginning, it was like, million dollars increase, a million dollars increase, and it goes to $500,000 increase. Then it goes to $100,000 increases, right? So towards the end, we're like, we're bidding things up for 100000 I think it's maybe a half a million dollars. If you want to place the next bid, you have to go up another half a million. And all of a sudden, it was the first time where I'm like, and this time clock is going down. I'm like, oh my God, it's like three, two, one, and I think I'm going to win. I'm like, Yes, 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 yes. And then it gets to one. It's like, beep, $100,000 increments. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Now, at this point, we are at $6.75 million. And I'm the winner so far. And I'm like, okay, I think this guy's done. Because there's only one guy. Well, I think there's only one guy pitting against me. 6.75. Now we're going to $100,000. And it's like five-minute window. Five. And I'm like. And then it gets down to three, two, one. I'm like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, win. $50,000 increments. And I'm like, oh my God, for the love of God, right? <laughs> Am I going to have a $50,000 war here, right? $50,000 at a time. But at this point, I'm like, I think this guy's turned off his box. They're done bidding. Wait five more minutes. Beep, beep. I'm like, 50000 Like, it's got to shut off at 50. Three, two, one. 25. <laughs> oh my gosh. 25? Are you kidding me? $25,000? You're going to have a bid increment for 20. Hey, they want to get every dollar they can. So it's going another five minutes. And I'm like, I got it. I know I got it. Now I'm like, wait a second. What happens if someone one second, because this is how my mind works, I would make a bid one second before 
and put some more money on this so I win the bid. Now, luckily, I think I'd done this previously, but with a single family home, and I knew that this was the case, is if someone bids, it resets and puts another like two minutes or whatever on the board. So you don't get screwed like that, right? But at this point, I'm pretty certain that no one else is bidding. And then it's five, four, three, two, one, close. You have won the deal. You've won the auction. And I'm telling you, it was the coolest thing. I'm telling you, I was so ecstatic because I got a smoking deal. I was willing to go up 7.5 million and I'm at 6.75. I was like, whoa, that is good. That is really good. And I was not expecting it, right? I was not expecting that. So that happens. And now we're going through the closing. So then we have to go through a closing spot. And I'm going to leave to talk about that in another section because this is the good story, okay? Everything that I'm having that I've talked about right now has been amazing, but the darkness is coming, right? The darkness is going to be on the next episode you're going to have to listen to because I swear I cannot make this stuff up of what happens in deals and how it strings you along and the things that go bump in the night. It is amazing what happens in all this stuff. So there's some good, bad, and the ugly. We're going to talk about the bad coming up some mistakes that Corey made. And so you're going to want to pay attention to those because I'm telling you, I have made a habit of failing forward. I'm not detailed as much as I wish I was. I'm really a visionary in my company. That's my main job and focus. And there's times where maybe I shouldn't be the bean counter. I maybe shouldn't do be doing underwriting. Um, there's maybe some times where I should be not the one gathering all the details, right? And we've got a better team. We're developing our team for that stuff too. But for the most part, I'm pretty good, but I still am prone to make mistakes like anybody. I'm human, but I've always believed this, a good deal solves all problems. To top it off with the good news, right? And everything's forgiven with good news by the time, by the way, with most properties, right? As long as your good outweighs your bad in the end, no one remembers the pain, okay? Even with investors, right? We've got some investors that have been with us in some painful stuff where we've had to suspend payments. And it's not always great. You don't want to do these things, but you know you have to because you got to keep the business and the property alive to live another day. By doing that, it gives you the freedom to get through what you got to get through. And then a good deal, market cycles, if you hold properties long enough, they always work out. That's what I believe has happened for me. As long as I'm buying pretty good deals and understanding the real opportunities, you can make mistakes along the way. You can correct them. As long as you do well in the end, which is your integrity, right? It's by doing those right things. And it's not always perfect, dude. I got another problem, property, Warner Robins. It is a bear, right? My investors are not happy. But we're communicating with them. We're showing them there's some things that went wrong in, in the beginning. We could have reacted a little faster. We didn't. But in the end, we're going to win. And I think that's what they really care about. That shows you your salt, your stuff is when you're committed to the project. And we are on that project for sure, as we are all our projects. I mean, our job is to make money and provide capital to investors. That's what we really do. The vehicle's real estate, but the real job is raising money to place in these deals. So we're a wealth management company, as well as a property purveyor of properties, and we manage them for success. 
But the good news is we bought it for $6.7 million, guys. And when we finished and closed and we got the appraisal, it appraised for $8.4 million on the day we bought it, right? So that's like $1.4 million to the good or something like that. What a blessing. What an absolute blessing that deal is. And so anyways, I say these things because real estate's really weird. But it's a great game, and I love the journey. And you, too, may be looking for that journey for yourself as an opportunity. I hope when I talk about these deals in these three-part series, A, number one is it inspires you. I would like to inspire you on this episode for sure, right? The next episodes, I'm going to scare you probably. I'm going to scare you a little bit. Because you got to understand that getting people's money is for real. And there's real consequences. And I think not enough syndicators, they've went into this thing too willy-nilly, and there's consequences for not doing it right. And so you've got to really respond and respect the gravity of what you're doing when you're raising other people's money, right? This is their hard-earned cash. It's important. And so you've got to treat it that way. You've got to respect it. And so hopefully I inspire you to show you that, man, there's so many great ways to make money in this business. And I'm telling you, you may be in that spot right now where you're like, hey, listen, I'm tired of the hustling grind of you know, fix and flips, or I'm a dentist, doctor, lawyer. I'm in this spot where like, I always have to show up and work to make the money. And you want a way out. I'm just going to tell you that the easiest way that I know is called cash flow. And I think it's easier to buy bigger deals than smaller deals. I believe it's easier to you do that as the partner or invest passively with a syndicator like me and learn and then figure it out, and then you can do it on your own. I've had so many successful students do it this way, that come into my little system, learned my way, and then are doing financially. I mean, they're free. What a great feeling, by the way, to be able to do that. So I'm going to challenge you right now, telling you you have greatness inside you. Whatever it is, that little piece, that little, I am never going to quit thing that you have, it is important. It is the thing that will drive you. Guys, there's a belief. You have to take a belief and you have to believe in it so hard and so whole. And like, you've just got to never keep your eyes on that little thing. And if you do it long enough, right, and focus on it. So when these obstacles and these roadblocks we're going to talk about next episode come up, all you see is your eyes on the prize. And you will just willing to adapt and overcome and uh, whatever it takes to keep going towards your goal. You are going to fail forward. That is the business model. And the more you're willing to fail, the better you're going to get. That's called experience, right? And it truly is a great game. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.